0: Inside Valley Life Church is a series of interviews with pastors, deacons, and volunteers to give listeners a fuller picture of all that's happening in our disciple-making church-planting family. My name is Brian Bowman.
1: My name is Sterling Edwards. Glad to be here together. Happy New Year to everybody. And uh, we started the First Things First series.
0: Yeah. Uh, First one was Some People Believe in Vain.
1: Some People Believe in Vain. And uh, I've been looking forward to this series. I know I heard last last year's, but I've been looking forward to, to hearing this and uh, thought it was a great start. You talk about um, this quote from Michael Lawrence is uh, the problem isn't that we have church members in our churches who still sin. The problem is we have church members in our churches who aren't Christians.
0: Yeah, I told Brooke I wanted to call it Regenerate Church Membership. She said, no one's going to be able to track that. Plus, it's going to look like, if you write it down, it's going to look like Regenerate Church Membership. Right, right. Yeah, so I just called it Some Believe in Vain. But what Lawrence is doing there is just highlighting that problem. I've And you know, I bang on this drum all the time. Everybody's so scared to admit to their sin. And I understand being afraid to sin, if we really believe the gospel is no, no sense... In being afraid to admit to our sin, what we should be more afraid of is allowing people to think that they are Christians who are not Christians. Right. Now, Jesus said there are going to be people who think that they are Christians who are not. He right. He said that they're going to get to heaven and say, "I did all these things," but to the best of our ability, we should not participate in that. And the way that the only tool we have for that is church membership. Yeah. So that's a long way of just highlighting church membership should be reserved for born-again Christians.
1: That's right. And I think that that your first point, the main point, obviously really the title, is that there is a way uh, to believe that is in vain. And to really talk about how that plays out in Christianity or maybe specifically in churches, uh, I think it does mean something to acknowledge that there is a way to believe in vain.
0: Yeah, and it goes against probably something you heard when you were a young man, because I know that I did. Dom's in the room. I don't know if Dom would have heard stuff like this. But people used to always say, once saved, always saved. Right. That was a right. powerful way to say something. You heard that before? Yeah. Once saved, always saved. And it's true if we're allowed to say, if saved. If right. saved, then definitely always saved. But you have to remember, Jesus said there's going to be people that think that they're saved. They're not. Uh, Paul says here, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. So there is such a thing as believing in vain.
1: Yeah, yeah I think that there is, uh, even in our uh, social media world, where we seem to be really uh, aware of all the different ways that people believe. Uh, that maybe it's uh, a little bit of Christianity, but a little bit of works and mm-hmm. a little bit of... Um, uh, effort on these things. And we see where Christianity gets really distorted. Um, but for a, a real example of uh, what it means to believe in vain, can, can you give, can you give like an example of what that might would look like?
0: Sure. I bet there's a lot of them. The one that jumps to my mind right now is last night in that football game. Right. You know, the young man went into cardiac arrest or administering CPR and the defibrillator and everything on the field. And if you're on Twitter or Facebook or everybody was saying pray, Right. Universally. I I took note of how many messages I saw that didn't say prayer. Some people were, I'm going to say, brave enough to not use the word prayer because they don't believe in God. Right. And I I commend their consistency for saying, while that's terrible, life is short. But for the people who really don't believe but are saying pray, I know it would be the wrong time or whatever to say this thing. But I kept thinking, to whom? To whom should we pray? And is he happy enough with us to hear our prayers anyway?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean honestly I had the same thought when Did I just, you? I'm scrolling. Yeah, I, I'm scrolling through my and I'm seeing all the different people that are saying to pray and it does occur to me like who are we addressing this to? Exactly. Yeah, I,
0: if you want me to pray to whom, shall I address it the great spirit god or the spirit of the age, Aphrodite or Hercules? Who am I supposed to pray to? Yeah. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, man. The father of Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, laid in a manger. Can we clarify our terms?
1: Yeah, but I think because we are so used to having the vernacular or whatever the terminology would be, that we we throw around these phrases, uh, including, I think, the word believe. Yeah. And so I think that's part of what I was paying attention to on Sunday is just this word believe. You know, you covered it. You said it really, really clearly that – Um, the gospel is never in vain. We we got that part, like, but the idea that we can just, just believing something doesn't make it true either.
0: Yeah. And I, I know that people, what they mean is I'm acknowledging that there is more to life than what I see. And so I'm throwing up a shout out to whatever is invisible that might be able to help out.
1: Right. Right. But, but it doesn't, it doesn't lead us very far and it doesn't really have anything of substance. Um, It reminds me, I I saw um, a person I'm Facebook friends with uh, posted today that uh, that they were finally going to um, give in to God's call upon their life and they became ordained. Oh, wow. And um, in, in. you can just go, Dom, to get ordained. <laughs> okay. That's what they did. <laughs> all right. And they went to the whole thing. To the website. To the website. Paid their $20. Paid the money. Uh, and now they receive all the credentials of the whatever universal life mm-hmm. church that it, that it is. And it is no different to me than if you had gone. It, it has nothing to do with God. That's right. basically what I'm saying. It, it, and it has nothing to do with, with, with for me, with calling. Mm -hmm. I I think that there is, it's something that to do with, I want this for myself. I want to carry this uh, to be able to tell you that I'm ordained. And I think that whenever we begin to water down our beliefs, whatever those are, and that's what I loved about the point about the gospel is never in vain, uh, because we have to understand the magnificence or the uh, majesty uh, of, of of what the gospel is. Uh, that what what we're adhering to is to understand it it's true whether we believe it or not
0: yeah yeah we pay the gospel no compliment by our belief yeah it's it, we're not making it more true yeah. to believe it hard or to believe it none it just simply happened
1: yeah no 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 democracy involved yeah. in in that and I think that that that's the significance uh, of that uh, as it pertains specifically to Valley life, uh, you 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 went into several aspects of this. Of what what do we literally want people to do? But when you're saying that, what what are you hoping that people heard on Sunday, and and how it applies to them today, from this message?
0: Well, for one thing, I want to give people a common um, vernacular. I want people to speak about it biblically. So, like we said. There is language about turning over a new leaf and a fresh start for the year and all those sorts of things. And I'm I'm happy for those. And if you start working out, man, it's good and all that. But when we talk about what the Lord has done in our life, it, it, we should use biblical language like born again, new creation, uh, took out my heart of stone, gave me a heart of flesh. That's why we use those in there. That is what I want for for Valley Life is to have the way to talk about it for sure.
1: Yeah, and so if somebody's understanding that and they're saying, I, I do believe because what what, really what we're talking about is uh is what is the god we're answering the question what is the gospel and when we're understanding the those parts of that i i guess it also begins to infiltrate the way that we parent the way that we uh love our wives the way that we uh interact with our neighbors and we have those all of those components where i think that the shift is because i do believe mm-hmm. in the gospel it's going to change every aspect of my life
0: yeah and i know we've talked about this before but to me, for me valley life in these 11 years has been this experiment in my the way i see it is some of it is an experiment to see if just preaching the gospel over and over again will not only convert those who don't believe to those who believe but also take those believers and make them strong in those other areas is it really true that 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 body of faith and you know what precipitated it with the story of israel the story of abraham all those things that that will really give uh men and women the kind of confidence in the love that god has for them to go you're right i'm wrong yeah. Or I don't need to prove my point. I know that I'm correct technically here, but I don't need to prove that point. Or I can look money square in the eye and say, I can take you or I can leave you. Yeah. I can make you and I can give you away. I can, I can take sexuality and say, what a good gift. And for me in this stage of life, God doesn't give that gift to me. All this different stuff, if we take, um, I'm going back to Ephesians three fourteen that if we can hold in our hands and not drop it, the notion that God loves me, Right. It, it, Valley Life was to say, would it work? Would the gospel work that powerfully? Right. And so far, I've been very pleased with the results. Yeah, yeah. Well, I,
1: and I think there is. It, does the gospel actually transform all of those aspects right. of our lives? Is it really that powerful? And I think, you, you know, that was your third point, is that pa- Paul's saying the gospel worked in his life. Yeah. I mean, and and so when we see that it is true, when we see that it is uh actually changing things Th- does the gospel actually change um change my life i think that there is uh, something significant I-, I-, I think about that in terms of you know we-, we obviously we work a lot with church planning and church planners and to understand that can the gospel transform this community where there's not a church is there a, a gospel presence that would actually transform the community i know you talked about this a few weeks ago when we were talking about the uh amount of money that is given from Christians yeah. uh, out giving the United States government, but to, to see like the the pieces of how people who are placing their trust in Jesus, how it actually does transform.
0: Yeah. And like Paul said, it worked. Um, he, he knows that it worked because of the work he did. And I really like it there in verse 10 when he stopped, he, he said, well, it's not me right. really that did the work, but it is the working of the gospel.
1: So for the person who says, I don't actually see it working in my life. Yeah. There's, a, there's those people, right? For I mean, sure. There's those people who say, I, 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 I guess I'm a Christian, but I have not seen the transformation. What's our what's our response?
0: You know, I'll tell a story. Back in Oklahoma when I pastored there, I pastored outside of a town called Duncan. And it was a big controversy in this little town about this one church who um, they had the story went that the guy in this little church... Um, became a Mormon. And there was a big controversy whether or not that church was still going to call him a Christian. And and that church ended up saying, hey, we know that that guy doesn't believe Christianity anymore. Now he's trying to work his way through heaven through the Mormon, work his way to heaven through the Mormon church. And they said, they ended up saying like officially, however, since when he was eight years old, He prayed this prayer, once saved, always saved. And his current error will not supersede his former faith. Wow. And I'm just saying, so to that person, if that person asked me, you know, or someone asked me, uh, I can't, I just cannot seem to give up this sinful relationship. I can't seem to walk in Jesus's ways. I would say, I don't have any reason to think of you as a Christian. That's right. I don't think you have any reason. I'm not sending him to hell. hell. I'm not condemning him. I'm yeah. just saying I don't see any fruit on that tree. Right. Now, if they go, but you need to understand, I repent of my sins and I feel terrible. I go, oh well, then that's one. That's a fruit yeah. right there.
1: Yeah. No, I I think that that is, and that is brings us all the way back to believing in vain. Right. Uh, that whatever it was that was believed, it wasn't the gospel. Yeah. Because the gospel has to transform. Yeah. And I think I think that that's where Paul really. Um, you. Know, I mean, I, we can't go all the way back into the Corinthian series, but I think that that's a big part of what he's saying. It, w- when the gospel is applied, it is not going to leave you the same way, no matter what anybody else has to say, super apostles or or not. Right. Uh, that you're not going to see, leave it that way. I think that um, that, that's, a, that's a, such a great example of what you're bringing up with uh, Mormonism or whatever other belief system that somebody has when it veers from the gospel and and i even think that there's some aspects of christianity that people would even say they're not even mormon they're they're within church Mm -hmm. uh, or some of our churches but they've added some aspects of maybe it's prosperity gospel or some of those other variations uh where it is not the um it is not the complete gospel it isn't it is in vain nobody wants to be told that what they're believing is in vain. But I think that there's also that, um, you know, w- where we're going to see that where's the evidence? Where's you know. the fruit? So yeah. To speak. I'm,
0: for a long, long time uh, when someone tells me that they are a Christian and I say, well, Oh really? W- when did that happen? Like I said that on yeah. Sunday to a right. young lady. That's awesome. When did that happen? Yeah. And uh, they tell me you know, to the best they can remember. Oh yeah. I know. When I was eight or 10 or whatever it was, I've often said, sweet. Did it work? Right. And, and I feel comfortable asking that question because of what Paul says here yes. it worked in my life
1: yeah yeah there's that component when you're talking about the
0: you know maybe growing
1: up in church mm-hmm. and I think that that's something we share in common and grew up in church I remember there was a a girl uh, I was a youth minister at this church and I had just recently come there as a youth minister and um she was in a coma and she ended up uh she'd had marijuana that had been laced with embalming fluid and she died and it ended up being homicide and but everybody's wondering like well where's she gonna go and or you know um, who's gonna do the funeral Mm. and it was because she was on the roll of the church from when she was like eight years old she came to vacation Bible school like one week Mm. and that was like that was as much as we had to go on yeah you know and I remember meeting with her family and her family is going back to, well, she went to vacation Bible school. i mean, like, they're, they're citing that as like their point of reference. Yep. And I think that I think about that point of reference. Like, what is it that we're holding on to? And when the gospel is alive, it just becomes evident. Right. I don't think it's one of those things where it's um, historical. It, it is one of those things where it's vibrant and it should show up. And I think that that's really what we're talking about. It should be showing up in the various aspects of our lives.
0: I love that Piper quote when he said, I don't check to see if I have a birth certificate. Yeah. Yeah. I just look to see if I'm breathing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that this is where the the, the gospel comes alive. I, I, I also appreciated just the statement that there is a way to believe in vain. Um, and, and I take that as both a um, an admonition on, on some levels, but also just th- there, there's a warning sign. Yeah, you know, for sure. Be, be careful.
0: Yeah. And, uh, we also have to remember, there are people that listen to this podcast or come to church who have very, very tender, sensitive consciences, and when they hear, um, just check and see if you're breathing. They feel condemned by their current sins, their past sins, right. and all this stuff, and I always want to remind everybody, just repent. Right. And if you say, well, yeah, I know, and I am, but what about those sins? I would say, that sounds just like a Christian. Right. Now, you sound like a tender hearted Christian, which is very good being um, sensitive to your sin. But if you can repent, know that that sounds just like you are giving evidence that is fruit. It's the fruit of repentance that John the Baptist talked about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's um, such a great place to start for us to understand that this is what the gospel looks like. This is how it's alive and, uh, and it's vibrant. And, uh, to understand that, that there is, it's out there. There, there is belief in vain. That is, it's out there. So yeah. We've got to just be aware of that in, in our lives, and maybe even in our families. And mm-hmm. um, one,
0: one more thing, Sterling. If if on one side of things you have the Christian that is very sensitive, conscious, that sort of thing. If there's a continuum, then on the other side of the person script, I think it's the guy that's able to say like Paul or a young lady, whatever. I am what I am. Because yeah. he knows what he did, he just got done saying, "I'm the least of all the apostles. Yeah. I I persecuted the church, but I am what I am." Yeah. And and so, I guess I would say, to the to the people who are looking at other people's fruit, there is a kind of Christian that is sort of, I don't. They're not afraid of having sinned, and they say, "I am what I am." Right. I kind of fall on that side of the spectrum. There's another one. This would be more like Brooke, very tender hearted yeah. towards their own sin and uh, can be nervous to talk about it or bring it up and they need to learn how to say um i I am what i am you know i am a believer
1: yeah no i think that's a great example i I see it reminds me of something i read this morning out of uh referring to to hebrews and how hebrews starts out and he's laying out the law the writer of hebrews is this is what the situation is this is why you're unholy this is basically making it seem like, like God is not approachable, mm. you know, to, yeah. to approach him. But then to see the transformation throughout the book of Hebrews, where it says, God is so approachable. Yeah. You can run right up to him. And uh, what, what I read this morning was saying that there is nothing more um, contrary to a Jew to be able to think that they could just run right up to God. Right. Like that went, that flew it. But for us to understand, this is what our identity is, mm-hmm. that this, because our belief is not in vain, this is our status. And I think that that is life-changing and that's such a great way to put it. Awesome. I can't wait for this next week.
0: You bet. God bless. Press on.